My name is Sanal Prakash, and this is The Discourse, a series of episodes where I dive into and tackle the most relevant topics within the school system and the county. In this episode, we're talking about an initiative by the LCPS Social Sciences Department to make history class curriculums more inclusive and culturally responsive, prompted by several events that we're going to be discussing. With me today is Ms. Andrea Mendoza, a specialist with the Social Science and Global Studies Department of LCPS. Thank you for having me here today. So let's dive right into this. What uh, aspects of the curriculum are being changed? What classes? What's being introduced or taken away? Just tell me all about it. Sure. So we are taking a look at the curriculum to examine ways in which we can be more inclusive to provide a more accurate view of history. So that means including perspectives that have traditionally been left out. And we're really focusing on American history right now. We have been working on being more inclusive for the last couple of years. Uh, about two years ago, we started working on the middle school curriculum um, in the sixth and seventh grade, which is U.S. History One and U.S. History Two. We also worked on the fourth grade uh, curriculum, which is Virginia Studies, and the eleventh grade curriculum, which is um, United States History. So we really focused on how we were framing the study of slavery and in the enslavement of people in the United States. And then we also work to make sure that we found other ways in which we could be more inclusive. So this work has been going on for a couple of years now. We also had a ninth grade class give recommendations. Students gave recommendations on the World History One curriculum, and some of those were um, put into the World History One uh, course. So we tried to be as inclusive as we can and knowing we are a department of two people we try to get teachers to help and we try to get input from community members from students so those are some of the things that we're doing now that's amazing so how did you realize that there were such big key ideas missing from the curriculum previously i think we've always known or i shouldn't say we've always known but i think as we become uh, more equity literate and we just learn more about the world that we realize that there are gaps in what we have in our curriculum. So I started in this position in 2018 and so when I started there was already work um, being done. I think especially just within the last couple of years we started to have a student population that was more students of color and so we really want to make sure that our students feel connected to the history that we're teaching um, they see themselves and their histories in what they're learning about every day in school. And so this is just something that we're dedicated to improving every year as best as we can. So you told me that, or you just mentioned that you were taking input from a lot of families. What happened recently that really sparked this immediate change to the curriculum? Well, there's been um, a lot of interest just in the academic community about the teaching, about the institution of slavery. And for example, the type of language we use when we talk about slavery. So <clears throat> in many of the textbooks and some of the, the texts that you'll see in class, you'll see the word slave. It refers to a person who's been enslaved. And so just the meaning of a person who's been enslaved really recognizes the humanity of the person and that the enslavement was a condition put on that person compared to when you use the term slave um, it kind of dehumanizes the experience and it um, doesn't really give the full picture of the horribleness of the of being enslaved and that whole experience 
So we've seen a lot of interest in that. There's um, the state has also had a lot of opportunities for professional learning. Um, I think just in general, our whole professional community is becoming more aware and recognizing the work that needs to be done. Yeah, I agree that language is a really important part of this, especially since, you know, these conversations are really important to have. But I think especially with my generation, we are grown up being told what is appropriate, how exactly to talk about things. And usually when it comes to sensitive topics such as African-American history, which we weren't really aware of, I suppose, when we were younger, it's just better to not talk about it. And I think now it's really great to see that discussion being opened up and teaching younger students to actually be able to start talking about this in a respectful way is really important to opening up this understanding between the communities and as these students go out into the real world. So what is the takeaway that you want students to really leave these classes with? I want students to walk away as good critical thinkers, to take a look at multiple perspectives, and that um, that means looking at multiple sources and thinking about maybe what's missing or whose story is not being told so that they can get a complete picture, a more complete picture of history. I think when we traditionally have had the traditional curriculum that's not as inclusive of different people's experiences, it's really not complete. So in that way, it's really not accurate because they're not telling the full story of, the, of many different people who are involved. So I think I'd like students to come away being good citizens to question, um, to use critical thinking skills, to understand how government works and their ability to have an impact on government and how they can get involved and share their voice. So understanding how history impacts the world today, I think is really important. And so when we think about um, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, we've had students contact us saying, you know, we're learning about all these things. Um, about history that we haven't learned in our courses and, and why are we hearing it about the first time. So that also gives us a renewed push to make sure that we're talking to teachers and finding sources and lessons to supplement what we have so that students are really understanding today by looking at the past. And so um, recently Loudoun County has come up with an, an apology to the Black community about segregated schools and I think that's um, another example of why it's important to understand how the history of um, segregated schooling in Loudoun County might impact where there might be inequitable gaps in students' experience today. So speaking of modern events like the Black Lives Matter movement, how modern are these changes in the curriculum going? How are modern events, um, very recent events, going to be incorporated into that curriculum? I think when um, any experience is, um, if there's anything when students are experiencing it and having questions about it, I believe my role as a social science educator is to help students understand what's going on in their lives. So um, we encourage our teachers to um, have authentic learning experiences and that includes student inquiry. So helping students to have the tools to ask the questions and to find out what that means to them. 
I'm just out of curiosity. A lot of these discussions um, are opening up now due to social media. That's how a lot of students, I think, are learning about Black Lives Matter movement. And these questions are coming up about, why didn't we learn this before? So I'm just curious, when you went to school, how is the curriculum different? How was history taught then as far as the perception of slavery and American history? How do you think that compares to what you're trying to do today? Well, that's a great question. Now, um, I grew up in Rhode Island, and um, I grew up thinking that um, Rhode Island and the northern colonies um, were really righteous in thinking that slavery was wrong and that they had nothing to do with it and it was about um, the South, where in reality, Rhode Island was really responsible for the slave trade. So Rhode Island businessmen, um, I can't remember the number, but they were in charge of the shipping industry. And so they had a lot to do with slavery. And there are many enslaved people who um, had lived in Rhode Island. So I think the history I taught when I was growing up was pretty glossy and didn't really examine too much of the truth or the experience of other people who had different experiences. So I think that really also encourages me to make sure that students have the opportunity to find out what's happened from different experiences. So why do you think that is that we used to not portray history as accurately as it should be? Why do you think that those curriculum, past curriculums, weren't able to really go into that? I think that there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, I think if we take a look at like who's writing the history book, we look way, way back, like who traditionally was going to the university and training for as historians that we have just, it's mostly, you know, white males, middle class, and telling the story as they have studied it. And so as we get more diverse perspectives from historians, then I think there's more interest in telling different stories. We actually had a textbook adoption process and we invited, um, as part of our committee, we had teachers and we had um, parents to look at the books, the textbooks, to see which ones <laughs> might be good to adopt. And so we had one parent who was an African-American dad and his question to all the publishers were how many black authors do you have that were a part of writing these textbooks and so we know that that's still a problem today where we have many textbook publishers who are not including authors who have diverse voices but it is improving um, and i think there's more intentionality around doing that yeah, I agree that, you know, giving voices to these perspectives is really important. And now we're able to see that a lot more. What's your personal experience with being exposed to a new idea of history or a new truth that you weren't aware of before? For me, one of the biggest ones was really learning about the history of the enslaved people of Rhode Island and how much the state, which I thought, oh, we're in the North and that means, you know, we weren't really responsible for slavery, that that really was not the case. And so I think sometimes when people realize, or I'll speak for myself, when I, when I read about something and I see how much the impact of certain decisions have led to the marginalization of people, I think anytime I read about that, that really revives my interest in um, making sure that 
I am able to do work that is inclusive of people. How old were you when you really realized that that perception was a little bit inaccurate? I mean, I was already a teacher, so I probably was in my, I would say, mid to late 20s when I really understood it, when I really kind of did some more research on it. And then um, when the first time I went to, I was lucky to be able to attend the opening of the African American History Museum, and they have um, a display there that went into even, even more detail than I knew. So um, I think you're always learning about the past. And, and what it means. And that's amazing because it's changed how you make decisions and how you see those around you. And that's really important, especially for it to happen in high school students. I think high school is a period when you are growing, the, the growing pains of, you know, figuring out where like your opinions are. We're getting more involved in politics, especially now with social media. I think that's happening even younger and younger kids are getting involved in these types of discussions and sending informed students out into the world with their opinions having an accurate basis is really important. So obviously you didn't even realize some of these perspectives until you were already a teacher. So, and I obviously I'm sure that there are teachers who are still not aware of this because they themselves were also not taught with similar, you know, with such a broad range of perspectives that we're trying to do now. So what type of training um, are the teachers going to go through to properly teach this new curriculum and for it to be accurate? What is, what is that process like? Yeah, so I think um, one of the best strategies that to help teachers with teaching this type of, or having this type of approach in history is um, really based on student inquiry and uh, letting that the questions come from the students. And so in Loudoun, we're really focused on deeper learning and project-based learning and personalized learning, authenticity. Our big mission is that um, students are making meaningful contributions to the world. So I think that really helps to guide me in how I support teachers. There's an African-American History Education Commission that just made recommendations about the standards of learning for the state of Virginia. And those are specific to African-American history from kindergarten through 12th grade. And so there's a big push to, again, have a more accurate representation of history. And um, we will be providing uh, professional learning support around those as those come out. And so will the state. The state will also be providing resources. They're working with several professors from the Virginia University and also from outside organizations to create um, support for teachers, including like lecture materials, or I should say education for teachers, because we didn't learn this type of history when we were in college preparing to teach. And so we need to give that background information to support teachers. And you mentioned that you'll be doing a book study using the text stamped. So tell me a little bit about how you're going to use that book or what ideas part of that book are you going to use for teaching teachers? Yeah, I love that book stamps. Um, we are going to work with our department chairs and the department chairs at the middle school, which we call SALT. And we're going to do the book study and we're going to do it um, just like you might do it with students. So we're going to use the teacher guide and um, go through our discussion questions one or two chapters at a time so that we can uh, develop 
our knowledge with our with our teacher leaders and talk about how we might have these same discussions with students. So I really like that version of STAMP because there's an adult version and then there's the, there's the young adult version because just the way he also goes through identity. And so I think about how he changes in his understanding of race and um, how his identity impacts his experience and how it's connected to history is um, just a really great story and a good model when thinking about how to connect it with students. It's a learning process for everybody. The students are learning new things and so are the teachers. But I even think that some students already, even though they are still very young, they have very set perceptions of history that they've already formed opinions on. So how have you kind of discussed or thought about how students are going to receive this information? Do you think that there is going to be any uproar or some backlash? Because even with like social media, there's a lot of controversy about some of these topics that are going to be introduced into the curriculum. So what are you expecting to see and how do you plan on responding? So I think um, when you have a really, when teachers have a really solid learning objective and they know how that conversation is going to tie to what you want students to learn, I think that is um, the first start. And then thinking about how are you going to let students learn for themselves. So whereas traditional teaching might be the teacher standing in front of the classroom and giving a lecture and giving the information to students, we want students to ask questions for themselves. So if they have these ideas already, but if they come with an open mind to listen to their classmates and to do some research and to ask questions that are aligned with the learning objectives, I think that makes it a little bit easier. Uh, we've had some teachers uh, working on strategies for civil dialogue and thinking about how do you have conversations uh, around topics that people have many different opinions about and still learn from each other. Um, so we've uh, shared some ideas around that type of discussion. That's really an important technique and strategy to also think about for all ages of students, not just high school students, but also teaching elementary school students how to listen to each other and, you know, respond to those ideas and be respectful of that is really important, especially, like I said, with such sensitive topics, opening up that discourse is, you know, really important to get those students ready to go out into a world where not everyone's ideas are going to agree with them and they have to, you know, learn to build understanding. So I want to know what... In, in your opinion, obviously, history is a, plays a really, really big role because it has been misrepresented in many cases to not be giving as much voice as it should be to certain groups, certain people and events. Um, do you think there are other areas of our curriculum in other subjects that could also be changed to kind of lean towards being more inclusive um, we definitely think that, well, I definitely think that um, the world history curriculum focuses really heavily on Europe and um, less so on the history of Asia or the Middle East, North Africa, Africa. 
um, in Latin America. And so um, we are looking and thinking about ways to modify, I guess, the curriculum or to supplement the curriculum so that it could be more inclusive. So for example, we know that in Loudoun County, we have a large population of students from India. And so how can we in world history help students learn more about India for our students who are from India to learn more? maybe about their history that may, they may not know and our students who are not familiar to learn more about the experience and maybe history of their classmates. And so we also think about how, again, how can we, our students see themselves in the curriculum and um, see for all students to be able to have an opportunity to see the joy of, um, you know, the achievements of different cultures around the world and to ask questions about things that have happened around the world too. Understanding other students' backgrounds and perspectives by teaching it through world history and exploring uh, other cultures more deeply is really important because I feel like when we only gloss over these kind of general areas and it just kind of sets in some stereotypes that are already present in other parts of our lives. And that's so important to start breaking that stigma around those discussions too, to actually learn about it because it's... It's hard to, I think as we get older, it's harder to ask the people around us, hey, I don't know this. I don't know about your culture. Can you tell me about it so I don't make any assumptions? And I think it is very hard. We want to be as respectful as possible, but we also want to be respectful in that we actually consider those opinions and that background. Well, that's all that we have time for today, but I will be continuing my conversation with Ms. Mendoza in my next episode, which will be a part two to this conversation. Make sure to check out dhspress.com for all the news you need to know. My name is Sanal Prakash, and this has been The Discourse. Thanks for listening.